All right, good morning, everybody. As you can tell, I already got my shirt, and I hope that you'll get your shirt as well. You can pick that up at our Connection Center, and then you don't have to spend so much time trying to tell people how offended you are. Your shirt can just do that for you. Now, if you're new with us, we are continuing our I'm Offended series, and we're talking about this big issue in our culture today, and it's the issue of everybody being offended at something. Uh, We are offended socially, relationally, vocationally, politically. There's not a subject out there that we can't find offense for. And we've made being offended our new favorite pastime. We just love to get offended, don't we? We love to get offended what people say, what people do, what people wear, what people eat. Like We just love to get offended. And last week we learned that living in a highly offended culture is having some real side effects on us. It's having some real side effects on, on people who think that we can do anything we want as long as it falls under the umbrella of somebody offending us. If we think somebody has offended us, sometimes we think we have the right or some people think they have the right to treat those people who offended them any way we want. We can be mean to them. We can call them bad names. We can vilify them. We can ruin their reputation. We can talk bad about them behind their back. We can do anything we want as long as we say, that person offended me. Last week, we looked at the consequence of that. We looked at the story of Cain and Abel. And we watched what happened in Cain's life when he got offended at God. What Cain did with that offense from God is he took it out on his brother Abel and literally killed his brother because he was offended at God. And what Cain did was he sacrificed his brother on the altar of being right. And we may not run around killing people literally. Hopefully we don't do that. But we kill relationships all the time. When we get offended, we attack those people who offend us. We withdraw from those people who offend us. We find ways to talk bad about them behind their back or to our friends. We tell our version of the story that makes us look better and makes them look worse. We're really good at killing relationships on a regular basis under the umbrella of being offended. Here's one of the most important things that we learned last week. It was this. Our spiritual maturity is revealed after we've been offended. What we do after we've been offended reveals whether we're actually becoming more like Jesus or becoming more like Cain. And Cain ended up as a homeless wanderer, aimlessly wandering through life the rest of his life because he wouldn't deal with the offenses in his life. That's why this issue of us attacking this subject of being offended is such a big deal that we need to address today. Now, the thing that I want to explore today is one of the things that I think is going to destroy us as a nation if we don't get a handle on it. And here's what it is. When it comes to being offended, many people are putting our rights above everything else. We are elevating our rights to an unhealthy level. So I think we are saying, I have rights, I have freedoms, and we're fighting for more and more of those things. And as we continue to do that, we're going to see some real negative things, I think, happening to us personally 
to, to happening to us in our nation as well. Now, I understand that that's kind of a hard thing for us to hear when we, we, you hear me say that because we are a nation built on rights. And we love those rights and those freedoms. There are actually some founding documents that we have that outline the rights and freedoms that we have as American citizens. Who can tell me what those documents are? Bill of Rights, American Constitution. Yep, so the Bill of Rights outlines the first 10 amendments, the first 10 rights and freedoms that we have as Americans. And I'm just curious how many of those 10 rights and freedoms we can identify this morning without looking at the screen. So it's not gonna come up yet, but it'll come up in a minute. So feel free to to shout out loud what those rights and freedoms are. Right to bear arms. We know who has a gun. Right to assemble. Free press. Freedom of religion. Freedom of speech. Due process. We get about halfway through and then we start going, well, uh, there's something about quartering soldiers in there, I think. So yeah, let's look at these rights that we have in the Bill of Rights. So we have the freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, freedom to bear arms, the right to due process, the right to a jury trial, freedom from search and seizure, freedom from cruel and unusual punishment, freedom from quartering soldiers. So those are the rights that are guaranteed us as Americans. How many of you are grateful for the rights that we have as Americans? Awesome. Yes, we're so grateful for those. I am so grateful for those. I think our Bill of Rights, our American Constitution are amazing documents, and we should be so appreciative of those documents. But I'm concerned with two words in the Bill of Rights. There are two words in the Bill of Rights that if we take them to an extreme, they're going to unravel us as a nation. Those two words are rights and freedoms. When we take rights and freedoms to an unhealthy level, bad things happen. When we hold too tightly to our rights and our freedoms, we forget that those rights and freedoms are always anchored by our responsibilities. That we have responsibilities as American citizens to use our rights and freedoms well. So here's a, an example I think that all of us can connect with because it applies to all of us at some point or another in our lives. So my wife and I have four kids and our youngest just turned 14 and he has been telling us lately that he's going to be driving in a year. I'll, I'll warn you again, when, when that date comes and he's out on the road, you know, we'll probably have a big sign on the side of you know, my truck that says, watch out, my son's driving. So when each of our kids started driving, we have a conversation with them that goes like this. The American government says that you have the right, the freedom to drive by yourself when you turn 16. But in our household, if you don't have the responsibility to drive and handle those rights and freedoms well, you will not get those rights and freedoms or privileges. You will not be able to drive if you aren't responsible enough to drive. And we have that conversation with other subjects as well, like the subject of dating. So often our kids will say, like, what's the age that that I can start dating? And we say, depends on you. It depends on you. If you are responsible enough to handle 
the rights and freedoms and privileges that come with a dating relationship, then we'll get to that spot and we'll have that conversation. If you're not responsible enough for that, you won't get that right. You won't get that freedom. You won't get that privilege. Our rights and freedoms are always anchored by our responsibilities and we can never forget that. Now, here's the thing about freedom. Isn't that a great word? Don't you just love that word? Doesn't it make you think of a movie? What movie does that make you think of? Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah, William Wallace shouting freedom on his deathbed. Fought for the freedom of his country. I love that word. But here's the thing about freedom. Freedom is not free. It's never free. Somebody had to pay for those freedoms. Somebody laid down their lives for those freedoms. And we celebrated that last weekend as we celebrated Memorial Day, a holiday that many Americans are forgetting what it's about. It's not about barbecuing. It's not about a day off work. It's not about going to the beach. It's about honoring men and women who've laid down their lives, who've paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can enjoy the rights and freedoms that we have as Americans. We should never forget what Memorial Day is about. As Christ followers, we should never forget that our freedoms as Christ followers come because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to have those freedoms. Freedom is never free. We should never forget that. Now, this issue of rights and freedoms getting out of balance is not a new thing. It's been happening for a long time. There were early Christ followers who discovered that they had some freedoms in Christ. And they were trying to, to learn how to navigate those freedoms. And so in a city called Corinth, there was a group of Christians saying, I get it. My freedoms mean I can do anything I want now. Like, I don't have to follow any rules. I can eat whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I can have whatever sexual experiences I want without consequences. Like, I can do whatever. So the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to them, 1 Corinthians. He wrote in chapter 6 to remind them, actually, the whole book of, of 1 Corinthians reminds those Christians that our rights are always tied to our responsibilities. So in verse 12, he says this. He says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Verse 18 says, so run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? 
You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now, I wonder if as some of those early Christ followers in the city of Corinth were reading this letter from Paul, I wonder if some of them were saying like, what do you mean I don't belong to myself? And I wonder if we as American Christians, when we read something like this in scripture, we say like, what do you mean I don't belong to myself? Yes, I do. I have rights. We just talked about them this morning. The Bill of Rights, the American Constitution guarantees that I can do certain things. I have rights. I think the Apostle Paul would remind us we have Christian responsibilities and our responsibilities always trump our rights. No pun intended. Our responsibilities always outweigh our rights, always, as Christ followers. So in Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul talks about our freedoms and what we should use our freedoms for. So he says in verse 13, for you have been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters, And as those in the city of Galatia were reading that, I'm sure they were excited. Like, we've been called to freedom. Like, we can do whatever we want. Paul goes, no, like, don't go down that road. You're missing it. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to, what's that next word? To serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out because of, beware of destroying one another. I think that's something that's happening in our world today. We are fighting so much for our rights. We're fighting and fighting and colliding over our rights. And I think we're going to end up losing some of our rights in that collision, in that fight. We're devouring each other. And it's going to destroy us as a nation if we aren't careful but I think there's hope. And the hope is found in us using our freedoms to serve other people and understanding the responsibility we have as Christ followers. So I want you to imagine if we just start with us, if we just start with our church family, people who say that they're Christ followers here, what if the next time we get offended on social media, might be this afternoon, you might be offended right now, instead of rushing onto social media with a, a, a launching a tirade of our thoughts on the subject, what if we learned to serve people wrapped up in this subject? Whatever that hot subject is that we're so passionate about, what if we really learned how to serve some people struggling inside that issue? What if instead of finding ways to beat our coworker in a political conversation, we found ways to engage those conversations in Christ-honoring ways? What if instead of demanding our rights, we picked up our responsibility to love everyone towards Jesus? Like, just what if? Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. Some of you might be thinking, but, but if we like lay down some of our rights, we'll lose some of them. We might lose some more rights. It, it might be possible. Some of you might say, you know what? If I don't talk about that specific issue, that hot topic that I have, if I don't deal with that thing, then like, who's going to deal with it? Who's going to talk about that? 
Like, I think there are some real issues that we need to talk about in our culture right now. But listen to how the Apostle Paul addresses this with, again, the church in Corinth. So he continues in his letter. He gets to chapter 9. In chapter 9, he says this. Um, He says, listen, you want to engage a conversation about rights? You want to talk about your rights and your freedoms as a Christ follower? Well, let me tell you about my rights as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then he lists his rights. He says, I have this right, and 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 this right. And he says, but I've never claimed my rights. And then in verse 19, Paul says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have rights and freedoms. He says, I have become a slave to all people. Why? What's that next statement? To bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. And even though I am not subject to that law, I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. He doesn't say, I try to find common ground with people who vote like I vote. He doesn't say, I try to find common ground with everybody who thinks like I think. He says, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. So get what Paul's saying here. He's saying, listen, I'm willing to surrender my rights and pick up my Christian responsibilities of loving people towards Jesus. He says, I'm willing to do that. And Paul did that on a regular basis. Now, let me be clear about a few things. I don't think Paul threw his rights out the window. I don't think Paul did that. In one uh, encounter, one missionary journey that Paul had, he ended up in a city called Philippi. He and a friend by the name of Silas. And so they were going around telling everybody about Jesus and how they could be transformed by Jesus. And while they were there, they had an interaction with some business leaders of that community who got very offended at them, got angry at them. And, And listen how silly this is. There were some business leaders who owned a young woman because she was demon-possessed and she could prophesy things. They got rich because she was in slavery, physical slavery, and she was in slavery in her spirit as well. And so they were getting rich off of this. And this woman followed Paul and Silas around saying, these are men of God. They are speaking God's truth. And one day, Paul got a little bit tired of her walking around and saying all that. So he turned around and cast that demon out. Said, demon, be gone. The demon left her. She found freedom. And her bosses were offended. They just lost their jobs. They just lost their income. And they ran to the city officials and told the city officials what happened. Those city officials came. They arrested Paul and Silas. They beat them and they threw them in prison. While in prison, Paul said, I still have a responsibility to point people towards Jesus. And he had this amazing encounter, got to lead the jailer and his entire family into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the next day, the city officials sent a message to the jailer saying, just let him go free. And Paul said, nope, we're not doing that. I'm claiming my rights as a Roman citizen. So listen to what he said 
in Acts 16.37. He said to the jailer, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. They were breaking the law. And so Paul says, so now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves and release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. So in that situation, Paul claimed his rights as a Roman citizen, but he knew his rights were anchored by his responsibility as a Christ follower to point people towards Jesus. And I think we can do the same thing. I think we can leverage our American rights to help us live out our Christian responsibilities. And I think we should, as long as we have those rights. We should always try to do that. We should always try to to leverage our rights and freedoms to help us live out the thing that anchors our rights and freedoms. And that's our responsibility to tell other people about Jesus. Another thing I don't think Paul was suggesting was that we give up our rights because we don't want to offend other people. I don't think Paul was overly concerned about offending people. I don't think Paul was overly concerned about being politically correct. And I don't think we should be overly concerned about those things as well. See, the thing that Paul knew was that the gospel, the good news about Jesus, can be offensive enough all by itself. So get this, telling people in a rights-based culture that they need to surrender those rights for the responsibility of being in a relationship with Jesus Christ and living that out by telling other people about Jesus can seem offensive to some people. When some people wrestle with the the message of the gospel, they can go like, that sounds offensive. Like, I got to give up my rights for that? And the reality is, yeah, like we all do. There's a moment. If you take Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, there is a surrendering that happens. There is a, I'm dying to my rights. I'm dying to the stuff I want. To be able to stand in the freedom and responsibility that God has given me as a Christ follower. Now, the thing that we need to be careful of as Christ followers is as people are wrestling with some of the the hot topics of the gospel is that we should not be the obstacle that keeps them from wrestling with those things. Like our lives should not be the thing that causes offense. And that's something that's happening today. There's so often Christ followers are the ones behaving poorly and pushing people farther and farther away from a God who loves them. We should not be the ones doing that. We have a responsibility to love everybody towards Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we engage our overly offended world? The first thing is this. We should clothe ourselves with the right attitude. And we talked about that last week. We looked at Colossians 3.12 where Paul said, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And every day we have a choice to make. Every day we have a choice. We can clothe ourselves with this I'm offended attitude. I'm gonna be offended everything you say today, everything you do, everything you eat, everything you wear, everything you post. I'm just gonna be offended, period. Doesn't matter what you do. If I don't like it, I'm gonna be offended at it. Some Christians live that way. Paul says, clothe yourselves 
with something different. He says, close yourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness. Hold on, did I like rip my whole microphone off there? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not really good at you know, dressing with microphones. So we should clothe ourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. So how are you doing at clothing yourselves every day with the right attitude? Another thing I think we should do is see people the way that God sees them. So do you see people around you the way that God does? Do you see that guy at work that gets under your skin every day and you're thinking, tomorrow I got to see him again. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, do you see that guy the way that Jesus does? Do you see that person on social media that just irritates you? Everything they post just irritates you. Do you see them the way that Jesus does? Like, I'll be honest, there are many times I don't. Like, I struggle with that. And so I have to remind myself on a regular basis to see people the way that Jesus does. And when we do, we become less offended. And and we spend more time, like Paul said, like, I'm trying to find common ground with everybody so I might win some to Jesus. Another thing I think we should do is determine not to be offended. I really think we can do this. I think we can every day get up and determine today I'm going to clothe myself with the right attitude. I'm just not going to be offended. I'm going to take whatever those buttons are on my chest that people love to push and get me all riled up. I'm just going to unplug the buttons. I'm not going to be offended at what they say. And I'm going to leverage my responsibility to love people towards Jesus. And then another thing I think we need to do is engage these hot topics, these controversial conversations. There are a lot of them going on in our world today. And there are some Christ followers who say, ooh, that's so offensive to people. People are so angry about that. I'm just gonna back away. I'm not gonna say anything. Other Christians run in there, draw their swords and start slashing anybody that doesn't agree with them. And I think what we need to do is engage those conversations in loving Christ-honoring ways. There are real issues that need to be discussed. And we're not going to be able to discuss them if we run away from them. So we can discuss them. As we do, we should listen. We should ask lots of questions. We should find out where people got their uh, viewpoints from. How did they get to that spot? And then we should share. We should share our faith and our perspective that lines up with Scripture. And we should make sure it lines up with Scripture. We shouldn't run around telling our opinions and then find out later, oops, I guess that didn't align with what God wanted uh, me to know. We should make sure our opinions line up with what God says in scripture and then we should share that. And when people get offended, because they will, when people get offended that you don't have the same perspective that they do, we should love them towards Jesus. Keep loving them towards Jesus. One of the things that Jesus said is, if you're a follower of mine in this world, you are gonna face persecution. There's going to be moments that somebody's going to be offended at you. Somebody's going to be angry at what you have to say. They're not going to agree with you. They're going to vilify you. They're going to attack you. They're going to do the stuff, the same stuff that they did to Jesus. And so when that happens, we just need to keep on loving people towards Jesus. We have that responsibility as Christ followers. Jesus said in John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus did not say your ability to win an argument will prove to the world. 
He didn't say, if you know a whole lot about the Bible and can impress a lot of people with your Bible knowledge. He didn't say your quick, witty social media responses will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He said your love, our love for other people will prove that we are his disciples. So if you're a Christ follower, how are you doing at balancing your American rights with your Christian responsibilities? Remember, your responsibilities always outweigh your rights. And we have a responsibility to love people towards Jesus. So as we close, our worship team is going to come out and sing a song called Living Hope. And let me just remind all of us who the living hope is. It's Jesus. It's not us and our political opinions. It's not our ability to win a conversation. It really is Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can transform a heart and a mind. He's the only one that can transform a family. He's the only one that can transform a community, a state, a nation, and a world. And so we need to spend all of our time understanding our responsibility is to point people to Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can transform people. He's our only hope. So we're going to close today by singing about him. So if you would, stand with me. And we'll sing together. So Lord, here we are, living in a highly offended culture. In a culture where we're getting more and more offended every day. And Lord, the sad reality is sometimes we Christ followers are the ones who engage this offense issue. And there are moments we don't behave the way that we should. And when we do that, we're focusing way more on our rights and we're not focusing enough on our responsibilities. And so Paul, I just am appreciative of you, of, of how you've modeled this for us, that you modeled very well the balance between rights and responsibilities. There are moments that we need to surrender our rights for our responsibility of loving people towards Jesus. And there are moments we need to leverage our rights for the responsibility of loving people towards Jesus. It always comes back to that. And so Jesus, you are our only hope. And we as your followers have a responsibility to live like you live, engage the world the way that you engage the world. So Lord, help us every day as we wake up to clothe ourselves with the right attitude to say today, I'm not gonna be offended. I'm not going to run around uh, offended at what everybody says, what somebody does, what somebody posts, what somebody eats, what somebody wears. Like I'm, I'm going to learn how to pick up my responsibility to love each and every one of those people towards Jesus. So Lord, help us to learn how to live that way. In Jesus' name, amen.